Hello, listeners. This is Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. Today on the show, we've got Tremaine Townsend. He's a friend of mine and a really badass creative here in Dallas, Texas. Tremaine, you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hey, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. What's uh, So tell us about what you're doing now work-wise and kind of how you got to... Uh, where you're at? <clears throat> well, um, I've been a creative uh, here in town for many years, and I uh, worked at a few different agencies back and forth all over the place in Dallas and whatnot, and did some stuff outside of uh, Texas and whatnot too. Um, but uh, recently, just went back to freelance, and it's uh, it's been interesting. It's not my first go around; it's probably my second time around, and um, it's always interesting, just from this perspective. It's coming from a another uh, few years of doing it. <clears throat> Uh, well, it was, was it like four years ago I did it, so now I'm back to it, and it's a definitely different perspective because I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. So that's been kind of great to know that uh, I can take this on a little bit better than I was before. Because mm-hmm. before I just didn't, I kind of jumped into it not knowing what I was doing, and just kind of just left it as like, uh, yeah, yeah, this will all work itself out, and then it kind of did, and then it didn't, and then it did, and then it didn't throughout like a, the course of a year. And um, then when it was time to, when it was like towards the end of that year, I was just deciding to go on to something a little bit more full time and took a job on somewhere else and then uh, was there for a few years and now I'm back to freelance with a better head on my shoulders. So so what uh, what kind of work do you do? Um, well, it's kind of all over the place, but mainly um, motion graphics and design. Uh, I do that most. That's what I went to school for. So I've been doing that for years. And then I do um, photography and some filmmaking, directing stuff, and then other design work like graphic design, print stuff, and then uh, digital stuff as well. Uh, but I'm a jack of all trades. So I do a lot of different things, just okay. whatever the project calls for. So uh, first, I kind of I'm interested to to hear about your experience working with different agencies. What uh. I mean, and, and I guess because you, as a freelancer, you still work with agencies, right? Yeah, I still What's, do. How did you develop the relationships with the agencies you worked with? Because I feel like this is something that freelancers have a hard time with and knowing how to do, like, to be able to get in the door and start getting well, that work. Well, that could be a, a whole bunch of different ways, to be honest. Uh, some of them, at least for me, was more like a word of mouth. Uh, people would approach me because they heard about my work from somebody else, so they saw it online or through my website or something. And then um, for some other jobs, I actually went and actually pursued them, trying to get with them and, you know, was very, very um, persistent and just always letting them know that I was still out there and just, you know, always looking for work um, just for whatever project that may come up or whatever they had going on. And just even if it came down to the smallest, minute, like, job, I'd probably take it on just to see what it felt like and see how it was and then if it turned into something bigger then it turned into something bigger then that turns into a client you know um, but it's always been different um, for the different agencies I've worked here in town it's it's been like where I approach them or they approach me and it kind of still is that way so I guess you always got to kind of be back and forth with that on as a freelancer so what uh whenever you said that the pe- people would hear about you just like word of mouth through town they would see your work what kind of work would they have seen is that like client work or personal work it'd be personal work um and some client stuff, but I really, I was, I'm really very selective on, um, on how I, I put that out there to the universe, uh, so the internet verse, um, because I separated 
the stuff I do personally so much more from the commercial stuff that I was doing motion graphics wise because uh, I wanted to set a certain tone for each one um, because you know doing motion graphics and and animation is great but a lot of the work that I was getting in Dallas uh, was all commercial based stuff and a lot of stuff that I either was very into or very much not into and um and with the design the stuff that I do on my other side with photography design and some filmmaking stuff it's a total different kind of approach and just where it's more of my style rather than you know taking on it from a, a certain client just working with them and taking direction which was not a, a problem and it's not hard it's, or not not to say it's not hard it's just that it's I would take those on just knowing that that was the work that I, that was actually bringing me in you know what I needed to do my personal projects outside of that uh so um yeah it would be on um, different things and when especially when I would send it to to uh potential clients or agencies, whatever, I would definitely send them more of the commercial stuff because that's kind of what the what what it was like here in Dallas or what it is like here in Dallas. And for the personal stuff I get work from that, but not as often as I do with the commercial stuff. So okay. yeah. So if, if you were to reach out to an agency, like what can you walk me through how like what would that process be? Do you call <laughs> them? Do you email them? What do you say? Uh uh Whatever you're comfortable uh, talking about. Yeah, because I was like, that's... Obviously, there's some trade secrets, some trade potentially, secrets, or, yeah. you know, things you do your own way or whatever, but something right. that could be right. applicable, you know, on, on a more wide base, I guess. True. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll see how I can filter this the best way, but give, still giving a nominal amount of information, you know. Um, so, it's... Uh, most of the time, it is an approach where I would directly contact a company and... Um, well, okay, let's start like this. Whenever I first was doing this, I would physically create a portfolio for um, potential clients or jobs that I wanted to get, and I would hand deliver them to these these agencies so that they were able to see you know my work, whether it was a print form or even with motion graphics at the time. And I'm gonna be showing my age a little bit here. Um, <laughs> I would send every I would send them a, a DVD copy. And I would design the DVD uh, cover and everything in the case and have the DVD inside there with a little label on there and everything. And I would hand deliver that to different agencies. Even if they didn't even know I was coming up there, I'd just go up there and just send it to them. And um, sometimes I did know and I still brought it anyway. But at least they had that that um, that for them to be like, oh, I have this on my desk. I saw this guy's work. And I'd try to make it as colorful and as striking as it possibly could be to actually get their attention and it, it worked sometimes and then sometimes I just didn't hear anything back at all I mean they probably threw it in the trash as soon as I walked away or something I'm not sure but uh it, it was a gamble and it was something I knew I wouldn't just do for everybody or for every agency it would only go to ones that I really felt uh I resonated with the most and then over time you know things became more digital so it was better just send an email and even with that that's still a little bit hard because you might not get your email read uh, but usually now it's it's more about an email, um, a call if I really am, you know, looking to try and talk to somebody over there and just give them all my information and also um, like show them everything I'm working on, even the current stuff I'm kind of still working on just to show them a little bit of something, you know, uh, and that gets a gets a response sometimes more times than not you know uh and then for the ones that i don't get a response from then you know it's no love loss it's just on to the next one you know yeah mm -hmm. so i uh i think it's interesting you and i are both 
renaissance man, I guess, kind of do a lot of different things, which can kind of be a two-edged sword sometimes, I feel like. Um, And I know there's a lot of people that... um, I had an episode a few weeks back called Taco Shop Mentality where we talked about, talked about like picking a focus and focusing in versus having like a wider like array of different things in order to like stand out as this like one thing. Mm-hmm. What um, What's your opinion on that? And like, because obviously like I feel like maybe you take a bit of the opposite approach, a different approach because you do a lot of things and you broadcast that you do a lot of things. So how do you mm-hmm. separate yourself being more of a... Um, having more offerings it's it's still a challenge uh it's very hard um to kind of say myself as one thing i'm still trying to even figure out the term for it uh because of all the works that i do and it, it was it was one of those things as being a young artist and a creative where i just wanted to try everything and so I tried everything. I did everything. And I was just like, let me see what I can do with this and do with that, whatever. And then all of a sudden I have this array of skills that I can actually do. And I've always kind of gambled with it back and forth with thinking like, well, if I just focused on one of those, I'd probably be pretty amazing at it uh, instead of really good at a lot of things. And um, But at that point when I thought about that, it was already too late to where it was a snowball effect. It already just it just kept on going, and my mind was already set on it to where I just continually always, always wanted to do photography. I always wanted to do the animation, but I really, really liked design, though. And then creating installations and just, like, one-time, one-off things that would never exist again just to know that I had I did it, you know, just because I really, really loved doing it. And to where even showing my works to different people and and stuff around town, especially with agencies and just individuals, whatever, it was very difficult for them to to put me into one box, which was um, a frustrating thing because they were like, we don't know where your work is going. And that kind of, in my mind, put it where I needed to really lock it down to, all right, I need to have a certain flow that I'm going along with that's going to showcase my work and not so much where I'm just like... Um, a creative doer, not like an actual a generalist, a generalist. That's what it is. A generalist. So a generalist, I didn't want to be that person because that means that I can do anything and everything. And so you can call me for any job. And then that may or may not be taking some money out of my pocket, which I kind of feel like it would be depending on where we come from. Um, so I started really locking that down. I have been lately where I still do a lot of things, but it's, it's more and more now becoming where it's on the creative direction side of things and where I am able to take on tasks of different levels of from pre to pro to, you know, post-production, um, depending on where it comes from. But I'm now very, very selective on the the type of jobs that I do, especially with my personal works now. So, yeah, it's like kind of been that way. So um, I guess kind of flip over to the, the like side of things that don't get talked about with freelance quite as much the like mm. – dealing with like taxes <laughs> or like oh. voicing clients or anything you know stuff like that the stuff that's like the stuff that nobody wants to do yeah the stuff at least that none of us want to do how do you so what do you what how do you deal with that stuff well man it is um it's 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 a that is also a challenge in itself it's even more so a challenge in actually creating the work sometimes because you know, as as a creative as you know, you know, we know how to create this stuff all day and we can do it uh, and it can be amazing. But then when it comes down to it, it's like uh, the next hard part is getting paid. 
So there takes that. <laughs> yeah. Getting paid on time, let's say that. <laughs> and then uh, the part after that is where you have to deal with the actual government and taxes and stuff like that. Well, I try to be as smart as I possibly can be throughout the year to make sure that everything is said and ready to go. Um, but I have also been one that since I do take on so many things is where I would ha- I have my... Um, my uh, full-time job, whatever I was working at, but then also doing freelance on the side. So it kind of balanced itself out in a little bit. Um, and then even more, I didn't really need the freelance so much. But then when I did, it, it when I did was working freelance, that's when I was doing, you know, pretty stupid things and, and trying to keep up with it, not, you know, making that much money, but then making much more, much more money. And then tax time comes around, you're like, oh, yeah, so there's that. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beast. And it's just, a, it's really... It's really just about staying on top of all that stuff, which can be very, very hard throughout the year because you're thinking it's like, oh, no, nah, man, it's it's me. I won't have to worry about that for another, you know, whatever months, you know. And it comes around and it sucks because you probably have not kept up with it. And then that, that can really mess you up depending on how it goes, you know. Um, but I've been lucky enough to not have to deal with it so hardcore compared to most people. I don't know if I'm giving away too much on that, but <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I guess more what I'm interested in is like, do you, when it comes to that stuff, like me personally, for a long time, I like I, I, I keep track of all my own records, like I do my own bookkeeping, but then I have mm-hmm. like a tax person that prepares my stuff for me. Oh yeah, and it like lets you know, or I don't know, do you like keep an accountant or bookkeeper? Do you have people yeah. that do that stuff, or how do you? Well, the the accounting part is really more on me and. Even with that, I still don't like doing it. But then when it comes to tax time, somebody else takes care of that for me. I have somebody I hire for that um, because it's necessary because I'm like, I could never do that on my own. It'd be hard as hell for me to even try that. It'd take a few months of my life. Uh, that's for sure. But um, but yeah, when it when it comes to that, I really try to keep on top of all that stuff on, and throughout the whole year. And I've done okay with it, but it could always do better, you know? If you could look back at Tremaine 10 years from now, in, or, or like in the future, hmm. uh, what would you? Or maybe, maybe that's, I mean, that's a bad way to ask it. Let me think about what this. I would, what I would tell if, my ten-year-old. What, what would you tell me? if if you were just starting to freelance, knowing what you know now, or mm-hmm. somebody starting out? How would you advise them to handle? I mean, because I know there's a lot of things too. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like paying into, like for those of you who don't know, like with with freelance stuff, like independent contractors you don't have money taken out like you do with W-2 jobs. Mm-mm. And so come to the end of the year, you got to pay taxes on all that money you've made. And so like technically you're supposed to be paying in every quarter, I believe, to basically pay towards your taxes, which the whole reason you get a tax return to begin with is because whenever you get your paychecks from a W-2 job, taxes are already taken out and paid for you. Mm-hmm. But, as a, but as an independent contractor, freelancer, you got to do that stuff yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm giving advice to myself or to people out there. <laughs> Let's say that. Both. Both? Okay. Uh, I mean, really to the people that are listening, cause we've already been past people. that point. There you go. You know, Hello, people. How are you? Uh, no, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I mean, I would say if you're going to jump into the freelance game, um, be ready to do a lot of work. And I'd almost say too, um, if you have... Hmm, let me see. I can present this. I would say if you have a good backing, if you already have money like saved up like a lot from whatever job you were doing in college before or something like that, you just had like a side job or something like that, save that up. Cause it, and if you want to go freelance after that and like really try and pursue that, then 
I say you have that backing and then you can jump right into it and you know that not all jobs are going to come through. Not all jobs you even get are even going to pay that much. You're going to want to do them because the fact that you want to gain more experience, you want to um, build that relationship with whoever you're doing work for and try to get your work out there more and more. Um, it is, it's very vital for you to do that, but then it's kind of like doing one and the same. Like for a lot of us out here, we had to jump right into the game or we jumped right into the game and knowing that, you know, money probably wasn't going to be coming right around the corner like that next week or even the next month for that matter, you know, and that can be a difficult thing to have to deal with, especially when you know you got bills to pay. Um, but I know for sure being very smart about it and being very like on top of everything you're doing for that freelance because now you're running your own business. You know, you are your your own business. And especially now with um, with social media and the way that we can all connect and contact with each other, like you have all those resources to you right there so that you, sh- you should be utilizing those. Like you really, really should be connecting with people and talking with them and getting your work out there the best way you can. Not saying you got to put out everything. I'm just saying you put out the stuff that's your strongest work because that's what's going to resonate more because people out here and especially like me and with um and just everybody it just we have a very short attention span if you don't grab them right there and then then it's kind of no point of like even putting your work out there you know um so i'd i'd say that that's probably it in a nutshell there's probably more to it go from that i'm (laughs) sure there's a whole lot more i could talk about all day what uh what what do you i mean what do you think are like the biggest things that uh it's like new freelancers like the stuff that people don't know that like you wish you had known starting out early on a freelance. Hmm. Like you learned after the fact and you're like, damn, I really wish I had known that when I first started doing this. Let me see. Uh, I would almost say like knowing, knowing your worth um, and knowing where your energies can be placed for, for some things. Because I know as starting out as a freelancer, it's, you want to take on everything and you saw, let's see what sticks, you know, let's see how it works and which can be fine. And that that's a very fine line. You have to walk at the same time too, but it, it is one thing I, I do. I do like to, um, to talk about with a lot of people, especially just in conversation, whatever it's where, you know, it, knowing your worth and know what you, what you're capable of doing actually not only helps out yourself, it also helps out the community that you're around. Um, I feel like, uh, for a lot of gigs that, that do come about or whatever, and nothing about clients because, you know, clients are doing what they're doing. Everybody's trying to, you know, make sure they're spending money and making money the right way. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it is a thing about knowing that you're taking on a gig and a client throws you a low bid or something like that, which you think is a very low bid because um, your worth is a lot more than that. When you take that on, that kind of sets a tone for all the rest of us, for whoever is else is working. And um, that could be sometimes a good thing, maybe a bad thing. And especially if it's like a low, low bid, we can't come back in there. We can't just say like, you know, we want to do this job because like, oh, well, we got so-and-so who will do it for this X amount of dollars when you're trying to do it for XXX, you know? Right. And um, that could cause a problem within the community where just like it diminishes who we are as creatives because we went to school for it or we didn't. Um, and we were just very, very great at it. And we know we're capable of doing that. And we know what our worth is. It's just really, really putting that out there about how much your worth is to a client. And I'm not saying it's going to work every time. 
it probably will fail more than anything, but it is something to be known to where if, if we are all just really showing the way we can actually create things and do stuff for clients the best way possible, you know, then um, it'll all work out in the end. Like for real, I think, I think it truly, truly will. And it will help you really figure out what you're trying to do in um, this industry or well, whatever industry you're doing freelance wise. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from a creative artist side of it, you know, freelancers can come from anywhere and I'm not saying I'm speaking for everybody, but it's definitely a general term of how you can be approached with that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, knowing value is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and you know, it's like hearing us talk about this, we've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I don't know for you, for me, I still, it's still something that I have a hard time with. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like, cause people don't understand what goes into the work a lot of times, how long some of this stuff takes, mm-hmm. the amount that gear costs that you've spent so much time learning how to do what you're doing mm-hmm. to be able to do the things that you're doing. And it's okay to tell people that. Yeah. You sometimes you have to educate people on this stuff. It sucks. And and like I think I know for me sometimes it's frustrating because just on some level I feel like people should just like understand this, but the truth is like they don't. They have no idea. And I think if more people would spend time like educating people on why things cost more and and showing what the legitimate value is in that versus like caving to their like lower like budgets mm-hmm. or or whatever, I think that it would help out everybody. Right. Because a lot of times, whenever I actually take the time to explain why things cost the way they do, what they do, mm-hmm. people understand. Now they still might not have the money for it. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to get to that meeting point and to get and where it's a win situation for everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it. It, it does set a tone for them because maybe even the client is just not educated on how you do your stuff. Because I'm not saying all work is coming from agencies. You can get it from somebody who just solely just trying to get you to do something creative because they saw something they can work with you on. And they just don't really know. And educating them on that is, you'll find that that actually helps them a little bit more. And if they don't have it in the budget to do what you're doing uh, for them, then and the project may not happen. Now, if you decide you want to do it, then you're going to do it. But if you don't decide to do it, you probably could be saving yourself a lot of grief just knowing how many hours you'll be putting into a project for somebody who is asking for crazy amount of revisions and then not being so upfront with you about letting you know about what, what to do or how to do or what they want you to do and everything. And then you're already so much into it where you don't want to create a bad reputation for yourself and you don't want the relationship to be broken, but you also just like, okay, we need to do this. But in the back of your mind, you're like, this is frustrating because the fact that I wasn't told or told enough information and that kind of segues me into something else. Uh, Just talking about that. This is where, when he was asking about um, the approach. And even if you get the conversation with a, a, a client, a potential client, um, just about certain things, it is all good to lay everything on the table. Like, just say everything. Oh, yeah, everything. you like, should, man. You Absolutely. You should not hold that back. Like, you should just be like, yo, so here's a projected project, and, and they tell you everything, and that's when you think of every question you can possibly think of in the book. I mean, you, you think about all sorts yep. of ways that this thing could Ask possibly go wrong or something that just was not, you know, spoken. They give you the whole layout. Their proposal or treatment is, like, beautiful and everything like that. 
but then like you're working on it and they're like, yeah, you know, everything that was purple, we actually wanted it red and you never knew that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could totally mess up your hours and hours of, of work that you've put into this whole whole project, which sometimes could be easy, could be very hard depending on how the approach is. But once you get down that road, it's just like, all right, we're walking in there all the way to the end. Let's make it happen. Let's try to make this the smoothest travel you know, as we possibly can, yeah. you know? So that's something to definitely keep in mind for you viewers out there. And, I mean, a lot of the knowing what questions to ask stuff, I mean, it's going to, it's just going to come with experience. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of how I've learned, like what kind of questions to ask, but at the same time, like you really got to be getting an idea of like what your client's trying to use this for, how they're using it, what they're, what they're expecting, like get inside their head as much as you can, mm -hmm. because like ultimately like they're the ones that are signing off on the work and they're the ones paying you. And so, right. I mean, you got to have an understanding of it. If you're trying to sell somebody a product cause, or a service and you don't know what it is that you're actually trying to sell them, it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to sell that to them. And it, sometimes what I'll run into with people, especially I find this with people that don't, like there seems to be a trend of people that have lower budgets or don't understand what stuff costs, also don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. And so they're like coming to you hoping that you know what they want or can like figure it out. And like if somebody doesn't know what they want, like it's cool to talk about that and to bring that up and be like, hey, I feel like you don't really understand what you're trying to do. And mm -hmm. like so maybe in, at that point, instead of like asking them what they want, ask them like what are they trying to accomplish and figure mm -hmm. out how your craft accomplishes that goal um because sometimes maybe people think that they want the video they want a video done this way or i want photo shoot done this way mm -hmm. um but if you ask them what they're trying to do like yeah. sometimes there's a better way to go about what it is and you'll be able to recognize that because that's your wheelhouse right yeah you'll know how to deal with it and how to approach it um and i've been finding this thing happening more and more with like uh video projects especially when it comes to directing and everything and there's a lot of work that goes into production, and I know there's different ways to approach it um, from a cost-effective level, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whether that's the high end or the low end. Uh, but it it's uh, it's where doing a video and seeing the end product and showing you know examples of things you you would like it to go. And now as me, as, as as my responsibility as a freelancer, as the creative, is to now break it down to why or how you want to actually execute that. And all that information back and forth is is very, very important for me to know so that way I can break it down for the price point, you know, for the price of how much it will cost. Or, yeah, for how much everything will cost, into including my compensation, you know, for, for, for whatever it is. It's not to say that, you know, we're looking to outdo you and, you know, take you from house and home for whatever project we're trying to do. We're just trying to be responsible just to let you know about how things are going to go, how things can go. And based on how much you want to use for your budget, um, that can definitely change the scope of things significantly. Uh, and that could be where the project is well worth it and we could still do it under some type of a budget or we can't do it at all because what you're asking for is, you know, above and beyond you know, anything you're even bringing towards the budget. Um, but that's, it's always a, it's always um, a new approach every time you go into that though with every, every client, <laughs> everybody Everyone's you different. To. There's not like a cookie cutter, unless you're, unless you're in a business like doing like weddings or engagements, stuff like that. Yeah. There's a little bit more of a, like a cookie cutter, but man, and some of the stuff that I'm doing that's remains doing like there is now. And so it's not, it's a custom job. 
You know, mm-hmm. it'd be like calling a tattoo shop, you know, trying to go like, what's a tattoo cost? Like, now there's a lot of variables right. involved. Like, you can't just like, this is what it is. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Well, appreciate it. Uh, any like final thoughts and like like takeaways in like 20 or 30 seconds? Uh, I'd say, I mean, like I said, just be proactive out there. You know, it's like there's a big world out there. We're not only sticking to what we have here in our own cities, wherever you are. There's more out there and definitely use your resources and whether that's social media or people that you know who are capable of doing the things that you are unable to do, find them, have them help you out, turn like, or turn into a collaboration or something like that. Just like look for those things out there because the, the world out here is a lot bigger than you think. And I think we all know that, but you know, you find out that a lot of things you have close to you is actually a huge help compared to what you yeah. can possibly do. You know? Yep. Just got to open your eyes and look around sometimes. Exactly. Well, dude, thanks so much, Tremaine, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Y'all uh, head over to vacacy.com slash freelance Friday. You can find links to all Tremaine's work and social media and stuff in the show notes there. It's vacacy.com slash freelance Friday. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll be back next week. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy, big video production value, freelance agility and scale.